Confessions by Kate Bryan Narrated by Cassandra Campbell Copyright 2007 by Alloy Entertainment and Kieran Viola This unabridged audiobook is published by arrangement with Simon Pulse, an imprint of Simon & Schuster Children's Publishing Division, a division of Simon & Schuster, Inc., and was produced in the year 2010 by Tantor Media Incorporated, which holds the copyright thereto. Vultures When faced with tragedy, we gather as many people around us as we possibly can. Mere acquaintances become best friends. Enemies become kindred spirits. We need people, so later we can look back and say, I went through that with them. People who can remind us that what we experienced, what we felt, was real. That we were there. So on that morning in early December, when we were all roused from our cozy dorm rooms, just as the gray mist of dawn had started to rise, everyone set about finding that group to cling to. Someone to link arms with to make us feel less vulnerable, less unsure, less like the world was on the verge of caving in. My group had found me. They had huddled around me from the moment we stepped out of Billings House and hadn't broken ranks once on the slow walk across the Easton Academy campus to the chapel. Noel, Ariana, Karan, Natasha. Then, further out, Cheyenne, Rose, London, Vienna, and the others, their shoes crunching through the frost-caked grass. They wanted me to feel safe to feel protected. Or so it must have looked to the outside world. In my world, in my head, I was no longer sure of anything. Where had the police taken Josh? Was he scared? Was he cold? What was he thinking? I kept seeing his face, the look of shock as they dragged him away, the pleading in his eyes. I kept hearing him tell me he could never hurt Thomas. Could I believe him? Could I believe anyone at Easton anymore? It's all lies, Reed, Taylor had written to me. All of it. There was a shout in the distance. Someone near me flinched. Everyone paused and turned, but there was nothing to see. Two crows cawed their way across the gray sky overhead, and for a long moment... No one moved. Hundreds of steaming clouds of breath mingled in the air around us. Silence. Let's go, Noelle said finally, nudging us forward. I looked at her face for the first time all morning. The cold had turned her cheeks pink, and her brown eyes were bright, beautiful as ever. She smiled at me reassuringly as the wind tossed her thick brown hair across her face, I didn't smile back. Footsteps jogged to catch up with us. Soon, Dash McCafferty and Gage Coolidge were upon us, falling into step. Hey. Dash kissed Noel's temple. His blonde hair had been blown up on the side by the wind and stuck there, making him look even more like an Abercrombie model than usual. What was that? Noel asked, glancing back over her shoulder. Vultures. Gage said through his teeth. His striped rugby scarf was tossed around his neck and chin, and his hair was slick with water from the shower. He must have been freezing, but he was too cool to show it. 
Reporters, Dash amended. They're camped out down by the gates. Dean Marcus had them locked last night after the police left. My father got a phone call an hour ago informing him of heightened security measures. They must have called all the parents. Fab, Karan said. Bet my mother loved that wake-up call. One of them scaled the fence, though. Trey was on his run and saw Scat escorting some slag with a video camera off campus. Gage informed us. He made a fist with one leather-gloved hand and pressed it into his other palm. Fucking vultures. Scat's the head of security. Natasha, my roommate, informed me, noting the question in my eyes. I had seen him before. Large man, no neck, perpetual scowl. I never realized anyone knew his name. So we're locked in, Karan stated.